On the last episode of Maskball, I talked to Lauren Manis, a Holy Cross graduate and a 2,000-point scorer for the Crusaders. Today, I'm talking to another college basketball star. Veronica Burton is a rising junior at Northwestern University and won Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year last season. She comes from a family with a rich athletic history that dates back to her grandfather, Ron Burton, the first ever draft pick by the once-called Boston Patriots. I talked to Burton about her family dynamic, what it's like playing at Northwestern, what it's like developing a defensive mentality, and a lot more come right up on basketball. Basketball was invented in Springfield, Massachusetts over a hundred years ago. The Bay State is loaded with rich history, led by the iconic Boston Celtics. Everyone knows the legends and lore, but what does basketball in Massachusetts look like today? Who makes this place special? My name is Ethan Fuller, and I'm taking you on a journey through the modern era of Massachusetts basketball. You'll hear from the players, coaches, media members, and influencers that make up this state's unique culture. You'll learn what it means to start or continue your hoops journey here. Welcome to Basketball. How has your summer been so far? What have you been able to work on as far as basketball? What other kind of stuff have you been up to? I know it's a really weird time, but how's it been? Yeah, it's definitely weird. Um, a big adjustment just from going. It's what we usually do. Um, just kind of like full-on practices throughout the summer, like scrimmaging, five-on-five, different stuff like that. And that has kind of all been completely wiped out. So I'm currently on campus. We got here, I want to say, like around end of June, June 20th or so. Um, so before that, I mean, I was just shooting on my own, doing different workouts on my own with my dad and stuff like that, both my parents rebounding and stuff. Um, so I had to get creative with like weights at home and conditioning and stuff. Mm -hmm. But we kind of had workout plans sent to us. So we had some sort of schedule um, that we could kind of stay intact with. And then now that we're back at school, we are lifting um, three or four times a week as a team. We all have our individual um, kind of spots and racks that we are at and you stay at those racks throughout the entire lift everyone has a mask on and after each lift you wipe everything down wow so just like everything's definitely more tedious and you have to be way more aware of the little things that you're doing so we're also practicing but we have to practice with masks on and we have to wash the balls every time we start like a new drill or wipe them down um and we can't contact and stuff like that. So we're just doing different drills. Everyone's had to get really creative and um, just be flexible with what's happening. Yeah, that sounds really like a challenge. Have the, have the incoming freshmen joined you guys on this or are they not on yet? Yes, so they, they have. have joined us. We have three incoming freshmen. So they're getting settled as much as possible, but it's definitely weird for them. So we've been mm -hmm. trying to help them out. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. I guess that's a, the place I really wanted to start talking to you was obviously the spring halted everything. And I know you guys were a lock to be a pretty strong seed in the NCAA tournament. How did your team find everything out about the cancellations, about what was coming next? And how did you personally kind of handle that? Yeah. So we found out, um, we knew, so we got a little suspicious once the whole NBA got suspended we kind of were all definitely a bit nervous just because we knew okay if they're getting suspended like this can't be good for us so we actually had a practice um, we were about to lift and then practice so everyone was all geared up um, on our way to walk into lift and they tell us we have a mandatory meeting 
really quickly before Lyft. So immediately everyone's just thinking um, the worst. Um, And so we are then sitting in the film room. Our coaches are actually on like a recruiting trip or something. So they weren't there. So I know. So we had, I want to say one of like our compliance workers with us um, and different people, um, different staff members there. So we're all waiting patiently in the film room. And then we all get an email from our athletic director. And he basically just informs us that all spring sports, all content, like winter sports, everything is done. Like the Big Ten, the conference, Big Ten conference has removed themselves from all um, ongoing sports games and stuff. So we found out right before the meeting through over the phone. um, And it just fell silent in the room because everyone was just heartbroken. Um, At the time, I think we definitely didn't understand as much as we do now. at the time, it was definitely frustrating. We knew coronavirus was real. We knew um, it had negative effects. But at the time, it just wasn't as, like, huge yet. So we were just like, okay, at school had only been prolonged, like, two weeks. We had a two-week break. So we are like, hey, like, is it really that bad? Like, the Big Ten. Like, it wasn't the NCAA canceling. It was the Big Ten moving themselves. So we were all definitely frustrated at first. We just felt so bad for our seniors um, not getting mm-hmm. the chance to be able to play in the tournament. Um, and stuff like that. It was just heartbreaking. Such an amazing season. But I think we all took it in different ways. I was definitely upset and frustrated. But I would say the biggest thing, it was just like sadness. Like I felt so bad for our seniors. And I knew that this team was so special. And I obviously think we're going to be great in upcoming years. But I do think this team really like just the chemistry on it and the relationships that we had all built was something different. So I would say sadness and just kind of like disbelief. I was in shock for a little bit didn't really hit me until we were clearing out the locker room and like packing everything up. Man. Yeah. And that everything that I had read and watched was that not only was this a historic team really in a lot of ways, but it was just a really fun team. It seemed like it was just, just such a fun team to be on. Definitely it was. So how do you then have you really turned the page towards the coming year? Cause again, that's really confusing too, because we don't know really what's going to happen yeah. when it will start, if it'll start on time. Have you looked ahead? That's definitely been difficult just because we really don't know what's to come. I mean, we have to act like we're playing. We have to plan as if we're going to have a season this upcoming year. I think we have moved on from last season just because we know, like, this is – that's over. Like, it was great, but we do have to move on. We have to get better. We have – we did lose some people, um, some crucial players. So we also just know that, like, we are going to have to make up for it, and we have a lot more to prove next year too. So I think we've definitely kind of – flip that mindset from last season oh it sucks like feel bad for ourselves into just like pushing that into motivation for next year yeah absolutely and again kind of thinking about what's next for you you obviously won defense player of the year in the big 10 that's an incredible accomplishment especially as a sophomore is is amazing I think I saw 100 steals on the season if you include the the playoff game that's that's nuts and and all of the highlights that I that I watch of you in the game film that I've watched of you is shows that your anticipation is amazing, especially for someone that isn't the tallest player on the court. The way that you're able to intercept passing lanes and get in the way and get to the ball is really incredible. Thanks. How do you get better at that? That seems like something that just comes with instinct. How do you work on that skill? Yeah, that's definitely a good question. I would say definitely I watch a lot of film in general. So I think knowing what my opponents are going to do, what they want to do has been a big thing. Um, Just kind of 
understanding their tendencies so that I can have an idea of where they're going to be looking, what they're like, what they do before, do they ball fake often? Do they do this? Um, just so I can gain that understanding early on. And then another thing I would say, just growing up, I, as you said, I'm not the fastest, I'm not the strongest. I never really had been, but I think one thing is just like, I'm going to be going hundred percent at all times. So I think also just gaining like other type of skills, like hand-eye coordination. I think I definitely grew up working on that and just kind of trying to perfect that craft. And so I'd be like doing different drills with tennis balls, different stuff like that. Um, so I think that has allowed me to just like jump and anticipate and get my hands like there when I want them as well. Mm -hmm. At what age or at what level did you start to realize like I have a talent in the way I can force turnovers and be a threat on defense? When when does that become something that you realize like, Hey, I'm, this is something I am really good at. This can be like a signature skill that I have. Yeah. I would say like, I knew it was something I always kind of did in high school. Um, mm -hmm. in AAU, people would always tell me you get your hands on everything. Like you're tipping every ball. That was always something I definitely had. I don't think I realized how like effective it can really be until college In high school. I was good at it, but I also, like I didn't see my competition as like high level. So I also just kind of thought it was like, oh, I'm not playing as high level players. Like, so yeah, like I should be able to be doing that. And I think once I was able to carry that over um, into the collegiate level and just like even in practices, like doing it constantly, I think that's when I was like, oh, like this is something like I like should, like now that I've been doing it for so long, like I can keep this going. And like, this is something that is going to help me um, get comfortable here. Absolutely. And how much does the system that you guys run, the Blizzard, it's a legendary defensive system. How much do you think that's helped you kind of accentuate those strengths? Definitely. I think it's huge. I think the way it's set up really allows me to just like thrive in that position. Um, so we kind of have two guards, like up guard and down guard. Um, and so the up guard is usually primarily on the ball handler, like kind of like being a pest and stuff like that and I'm the down guard so I'm like in help but I'm also like able to, to like I'm playing like safety like I like am able to re read the ball handler and stuff like that and I think that is like one of my favorite things to do that's when I've like something I've always loved to do is like anticipating those passing lanes and like getting in those passing lanes so I think with the personnel that we have on the team especially with like Sydney Wood and Jordan Hamilton who love who are really good on ball defenders like they're really quick with their feet and stuff like that I think it works perfectly with what I like to do also, my coaches just trust me so much with that. So if I do end up missing, missing a steal or like make like just anticipating it incorrectly or something like that, like they allow, they want me to like keep doing it. So they allow room for error too. Mm -hmm. How much? I I don't think people realize enough how much lower body strength, hip strength goes into playing in a defensive system like that. What do you have to do to condition yourself? Because the blizzard it's all about like rotating, anticipating. Like you're always going back and forth. It's not a man defense where you lock in on someone. Yeah. Like you're always moving. I would say I give a lot of credit to our strength and conditioning coach on that. I think she's helped us prepare tremendously with that. Um, whether it be running on the core, but we also do the Versa climber. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, mm -hmm. but it's kind of like a type of machine. It kills us. But um, <laughs> it's like, I don't know how to describe it. There's like two hands handbars and two pedals and like you're going opposite it's like climbing kind of and it's just every like every muscle in your body is working so it's Gosh. exhausting um but we do that constantly like that is something we're constantly doing 
I think that definitely has prepared us. I would say the biggest thing about Blizzard is just, like, understanding what your teammate is going to do and, like, being on such, like, like the same page and rotating um, so fluently together. I think that's the biggest jump that we made this year, and I think that's why we were able to play so well um, on the defensive end just because I think we were all so comfortable with each other on the court, and I really feel like I knew everything that Sydney and my teammate was going to do at the top. Like, I could literally just, like, know what she was going to do before she even did it. So I think that really helped as well. Yeah, exactly. And you started every game as a freshman too. So what? at what point did it click for you that all of this was working well together? Because I imagine as a freshman, you're coming in and you have to learn the system, which is really hard to understand. How long did it take you to really like grow comfortable with it? Yeah. So when we came in as freshmen the summer, I would say we worked a lot on it. Um, I think they also had a lot to work on through like the year before that. Um, Cause I don't mm-hmm. think it had worked as well. I mean, like they were also getting new, new to it and getting used to it. So I think we really broke it down a lot my freshman summer. So I was able to get comfortable um, with like, we do like these segments, blizzard breakdown. So we split up like the two primarily up guard and down guard and the wings and hoops and stuff like that. So we're all like mm-hmm. split up and then we come back together um, and see how it works when we're all together. So I think that really helps me get used to it. In the very beginning, I was definitely like, what is this? Like, <laughs> I don't know who I'm guarding. I don't know when I'm guarding them. It's definitely when you first see it, you're like, what is going on? But that's also like the point of it. Like when you're on offense, you have no idea who's guarding you. You have no idea like, what even, are we in man? Are we in zone? Like that's something I hear all the time when we're on, de- when we're in a game, we're on defense, the point guard's like, they're in man, they're in man or something like that. And it's like, we're not even close to being in man, but we're also not really in a zone. So I think that is something I got used to pretty quickly. I was able to pick up on it, but it definitely experience and like being in the game, I think is like the main way you're able to continue to grow and get used to it. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And we've talked about defense on the offensive end. You, you can do a lot. You can score the ball pretty well. You're a great playmaker. Where on that end is the next step for you? I mean, you're only, you're going to be a junior. Mm-hmm. So you have plenty of time to keep growing in college. What do you think is the next step for you on that end? Yeah, I would definitely say a main focus for me. I think last year, even freshman year, like I had spurts where I had was doing really well offensively too, um, in different ways. I mean, I think I try to always get my teammates involved. I try to always focus on that, like doing the little things like that. Um, but in terms of scoring, I think I have great games and I have games where I don't look to score as much or I'm struggling offensively and stuff like that, especially the beginning of the season, I was definitely struggling in the beginning. But one thing I really want to work on is just like being consistent um, in that and just kind of consistently being aggressive on the offensive end. And if my shot isn't falling, don't continue to settle and just like just pass up shots and stuff like that. Like I want to be having the same goal every game um, and like attack the basket on a consistent basis, I would say. So just overall that consistency, just kind of want to grow in that. And then just improving my percentage everywhere around the court goal of mine always so Mm -hmm. absolutely I think the next place I want to go and talk to you about um this this podcast an important part about it is I want to learn about all the different journeys people have Mm -hmm. to get to where they are and also going through their journey in Massachusetts and yours is really interesting to me because you played correct me if I'm wrong but you played all four years at Newton South which is a public school Mm -hmm. um a lot of players when they realize they have time for basketball they go to a prep school I know you did a lot of AAU too, yeah. but 
how what was it like being at the public being at Newton South for all four years and was that a positive experience was it a negative experience in some ways how was that for you yeah I mean I would say especially for high school even going to a private school really never came across or even a prep school never came across my or my family's minds Mm -hmm. um I think I felt I was in a good position where I was just like in terms of recruitment and stuff like that. It obviously could have been better. I don't know what would have happened if I did go to a private or prep school or something like that. But I do think I had a positive experience. I mean, just being able to play with the people that I did at Newton South, I think it also made me better in different ways. It made me a leader, made me kind of have to like pick up people around me. But it was also interesting. I think uh, Massachusetts in general is overrated. So I think being able to just play with people that maybe weren't going to get the same opportunity. Um, it made me realize just like what we really could do as underdogs and like um, proving people that you would never think, oh, Newton South is going to be like one of the best in the state. And obviously we never won a state title, but we definitely did a lot of good things with yeah. the people that we had. So I, I loved it at South. I mean, um, especially in basketball, I would not have wanted to trade that um, or be at any other school for that. For sure. Yeah, great. And, and you played a lot. I was looking at your your bio on the Northwestern page. You played a lot of AU too for for a yeah. long time. I definitely was, played AU for a long time. I started it because I told her sisters. I mean, I started it really young, and then yeah, I feel like I started in like fourth grade. <laughs> but then obviously it started to get more serious once I got older. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I was on the Bay State Jaguars for majority of my AU career. Um, and even that, like, I just feel like we were so underrated and overlooked when we went to big tournaments. I mean, we're not UIBL, we're not flashy. Like, we had random people coming in, like, at a tryout. Um, I want to say my last year, like, it was me and one other player, I think, went Division One, um, Maddie Mullen at Brown. So, like, I don't know. I feel like we had a lot of people that you wouldn't expect to be, oh, this isn't the top recruit, this isn't the top team, but we did a lot of great things. And, again, I think it only made me better. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on what the AAU scene is like because I've heard different things from different people that the AAU is great and that's kind of what propels you to be a college player or a professional player. But at the same time, it's competitive and it's hectic a lot of times. The travel is crazy especially if you're in middle school kind of learning about all this travel Mm -hmm. what was that experience like for you yeah I mean I personally loved AU it's one of my favorite times of the year you get to travel and just Mm -hmm. play basketball pretty much all the time um it took a lot out of you I mean you're playing like three games a day sometimes you're playing a lot of games so but at the same time it was so much fun I think I made really lifelong friends throughout AU just because you're really going through it with them but also I I think I loved it so much because when you're just stuck in Massachusetts or just in high school you don't really get the opportunity to play against some of the top teams or top recruits that are um that are like being out there and stuff like that so when you go to AAU they don't care who you are they don't care what you've done at the end of the day like it's just a basketball game about against random people so I think just like hearing about these amazing players and then being able to actually play against them and even now like seeing them in college I think that was really interesting because in some games I'd be like whoa that girl's going to Michigan or something like that and now Michigan twice a year so I think definitely that was something that was cool because now I'm seeing people like I played against a few of the Maryland girls and I just remembered like a bunch of those games and now playing them in college too just kind of seeing that transition is really cool yeah I think that's really interesting because there's kind of a 
community too in that way. Definitely. I mean, I imagine a lot of the people you played in AU are still rivals that you want to be in college. Yeah, but definitely. yeah, I it's interesting that you kind of, I guess, share that experience in a way that both of you are like fighting to get to this level and that the environment's so unique that everyone's kind of competing. Definitely. And that brings out the best in a lot of people. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. One other thing I wanted to kind of talk to you about in a lot of ways, I guess going back to competition, you have two older sisters who both play basketball, both at division one, both at a high level. What was that like growing up? What were, what were the backyard pickup <laughs> games like? Definitely. It was awesome. Uh, I think a lot of people think that there may have been like a sense of pressure, just like, Oh, who's the best one. Who's going to like stuff like that, especially being the youngest. But for me, it was all the opposite. Like, I think it was, it made me so much better and it was just so much fun. They really, everyone in my family supported me at an amazing level. So just to kind of see them, even now, like coming to my games or texting me before and after every game, um, it's awesome. So the backyard, I mean, I would say it was usually me and my oldest sister, Kendall, mm -hmm. Kayla and Austin. Those were usually the teams growing up. But we would switch it around. But they they didn't take it easy on me, for sure. There was no mercy. It didn't matter the age gap. Austin did not care that he was bigger, stronger, twice the size, anything. It was no mercy. So it was a lot of fun. Man, yeah. Are Do your sisters have similar play styles to you, or are they – do they all have their own unique kind of style? That's a good question. People often say I'm a mix of the two. Kendall, Kayla was a point guard. Kendall was a shooting guard. Okay. Um, Kendall was definitely like the stronger, but also can shoot like the stronger one. Kayla was more like the quick, speedy one. So I don't know. They definitely say I'm in between. <laughs> uh, that's how, yeah. I don't think any of us are all that similar. Kendall defense never counts. Wow. was okay. not. <laughs> That was not her thing. She didn't really care for it. Kayla, I would say in between. But yeah, I would say we're definitely all kind of different. Mm -hmm. That that actually brings up a, another question I had for you that I forgot about. Um, when you're playing AAU and you're a young basketball player and you're idolizing players that score a ton of points and put up monster highlights, defense often can take a backseat in a lot of ways. And you've, as we've said, have kind of made your mark a lot on the defensive end how do you as a as a kid let's say you're in the range of fourth to eighth grade how do you think people should go about emphasizing defense in that way because it gets overlooked a lot especially at a young age how important that is yeah definitely for me just over the years I think I've really seen the benefits of it um I mean I don't think any of the championships or the games that I've won would have really come to be if it weren't for especially in college now our boys like it's um obviously praised pretty often but I don't think that we really would win the games that we win so yeah it's a tedious you don't always get the praise you don't get the hype for getting good defensive stops as you would points but I think at the end of the day if you're trying to win a game that's what it comes down to and also I think your defense really can lead to a lot of the offensive um, productivity so I think a lot of my points even now come from the steals that I'm getting or the turnovers that I one of us forces. So I think just like, also just the idea that you're going to struggle sometimes offensively. Like you can't, sometimes you can't control it, your shot won't fall. So for me, just always realizing that I, at the end of the day, defense comes down to my effort. Like I can't have really a bad defensive day like that. Mm -hmm. or at least I shouldn't. I think just knowing that I can control that no matter what was something that I really looked like 
took into before games because at the end of the day you can have a tough game but if you do well on the defensive end like you're contributing so I think that was something being able to control it was a huge thing for me yeah that is a that's a really cool way to look at it that like yeah there are gonna be games that your shot's not gonna fall and sometimes it just happens but yeah defense like if you approach it with the right attitude you're you're gonna succeed 95 98 percent of the time as long as you're locked in so that's really cool Another area I wanted to talk about, um, you mentioned your sisters, your family, their sports history in general is incredible. You've had, you had your grandfather and your dad both went to Northwestern. Did that, one, did that influence your decision? And two, does that put any pressure on you? Because you have, like, there's a pedigree there. Yeah. So I actually have, yeah, definitely Northwestern runs deep in the family. My mom, so many people, both my parents went here um, to Northwestern and all my uncles, like four uncles, three uncles, both my parents, my grandfather. So definitely a lot of Northwestern. Um, I wouldn't say there was pressure because growing up, it really, I knew about it. I knew all about it. We all did. Um, We loved the school. We supported it, but it was never really, I didn't consider it. Like I wasn't like Northwestern, this is where I need to be. Like I, my parents never really um put that on us that wasn't really an obligation for anyone it was you earned wherever you want to go and that was whatever options you like whatever opportunities you gained it was your choice at the end of the day because you worked here you did all the work so it's your choice you get to reward yourself and and I think at the end of the day just knowing what fits I don't think Northwestern would necessarily be the perfect fit for one of my sisters um and stuff like that so I think growing up it wasn't I need to be at Northwestern. So I wouldn't say there was pressure for that. I did once I got Northwestern. So my parents definitely pushed for me to like look into it. They were like, yeah. definitely. Um, I don't think they did that with my sisters and stuff, but they were like, send them your schedule, send them this. Like if I could get Northwestern, it would be great. At the end of the day, it's still my choice, but if they at least wanted me to like look into it. So um, definitely continue to send the coach McEwen, our, our AU schedules and stuff like that. And then he came to a game. I think we were killing the team, so I was out. But then I came oh. back in because they, he was there, so my coach was like, okay, you're going back in. But I didn't know what to be doing because usually when we're killing them, I'm trying to get other people involved and stuff like that. So I didn't know the balance of how often do I shoot versus how often do I pass. But um, I think I ended up doing solid. He called me after and was like, we like you, we just don't know you. So, like, as, as a person. So I think I flew up there a couple of days later. My parents were obviously very excited. That was one thing they were very happy for me, but they also tried to like refrain from being like Northwestern, Northwestern, Northwestern. So that was something that um, they did a good job of. But at the end of the day, as soon as I went to Northwestern, I'd heard all the stories, but as soon as I went there, saw the, met the people, saw the campus and just like knowing that it's in the Big Ten and the academic aspect of it as well, it was immediately, it wasn't like up for debate at that point. That's where I wanted to go and that wasn't going to change. So Yeah, that fair and actually one thing you said about um knowing what to do in front of a coach that's watching you and a famous coach at that Mm -hmm. again kind of brings me back to thinking about AAU because you're a lot of times you're playing in front of scouts and coaches how do you or when you were kind of growing up and going through this process what was that like for you Mm -hmm. because that's a pressure that a select few get to experience that you're really performing in front of your next level like you're performing in front of your future in a way yeah and 
how do you how do you manage that as a teenager yeah when you're younger I think it's definitely easy to kind of get caught up in that and just be like you're like okay if I don't do well I'm screwed for the like I'm never going here um especially when you're playing these other top recruits because they're already attracting different better schools and stuff like that and different colleges so when you start seeing those type of coaches show up at your games and stuff you're definitely like it's on, it's in the back of your head and you don't want to focus too much on it because you can't focus too much on it you got to play a game but um I think when I in the very beginning I think I was definitely a bit nervous about it and just like cared about a lot of the little things that I was doing if I miss a shot I'm like oh shoot like what are they looking for so I think understanding that at the end of the day it's not really about it's about how you play, but it really, like, they're looking for how good of a teammate you are, how much of a leader are you on the court, like, do you care about defense and stuff like that. So I think once I understood that, okay, it wasn't just about how many points I score, it wasn't just about that, I think that's when I was able to get more comfortable, and you get used to it. Um, you kind of got to, like, tune them out and just not focus on that. So I definitely, towards, like, my June, sophomore year, maybe, sophomore, junior, was probably, like, because that's, like, your peak time of yeah. getting offers and stuff like that. So I think that some games would be, like, okay, like, I need to do well. Um, and, like, seeing coaches where schools that you want to go to, seeing those coaches there, or like, you telling them to be there, I think that, it like, leaves room for some pressure and some stress. But you get used to it. And you just kind of have to rely on the fact that, that you've been practicing for these moments your whole life. So that's mm -hmm. what I remind myself yeah. in college, too. So. Man, yeah. And – at this, so you have all this family history. Locally, you're, I mean, people know your dad because he's on TV all the time. And as a news anchor for his sports commentary too, was that ever something where if you were out with your family, you guys got noticed right away? It would happen sometimes. Like, it definitely happens. It's never like a huge, like, oh my God, Steve Burton, some of that. <laughs> but he definitely definitely yeah even like walking if it's the two of us he'll definitely get called out here and there um but he also talks to each person which is a good thing it's nice but we'll also like we'll be walking somewhere we'll end up talking for like 20 minutes to these random people <laughs> but it's cool I think it's a cool experience just to see um it's also like like it humbles me just to see him having these interactions with all these different people that he has no idea who they are but yeah he definitely gets noticed here and there I wouldn't say it's like a crazy, oh my gosh thing, but uh, people will definitely be like, are you on, do I see you? Are you on sports? Something like that. Yeah. I think that's, it sounds like it's a good balance between like, oh, it's, it's cool that people have these conversations with him, as you said, but it's not like paparazzi. There's not yeah, like probably. a crowd of people following him, which is nice. Like that would get you yeah. way too much. Yeah. Um, my last area that I really wanted to talk to you about, um, you mentioned how, in your experience playing Massachusetts basketball players, you felt were underrated in some ways and the AAU teams were underrated in some ways. What makes those teams and the players from Massachusetts do you think unique in the culture of basketball in the country? Like you, you go to Northwestern and there are people from all different backgrounds and all different places and programs. What do you think is unique about the Massachusetts journey and upbringing whether that's a good thing or a bad thing yeah I think yeah it's definitely an interesting question I think just Massachusetts in general I mean you don't think oh Massachusetts like this is where all the athletes are this is where all the d1 like recruits all that stuff you think you might think about that in Texas or California or the bigger states like that um but definitely you're not really 
thinking about Massachusetts in that way. So I think it just shows kind of the commitment that people have. I think um, it's also really cool in the college atmosphere to be able to play against some of those people from the Massachusetts or New England area. Um, so even like Janae Kroom, she's actually from Rhode Island, but she was on Ohio State for the past two years. So being able to play, I played with her in AU for a little bit and then against her in college was just really cool because I think we, we there aren't many people, there are some, Definitely, I think it's growing now. I definitely think that compared to my class, I don't think there are as many like Division One athletes from Massachusetts as there are now. Um, but just kind of, I don't know. I think being able to grow up, you didn't have that many. I had my sisters, so that was helpful because I kind of knew, like I looked up to them. There weren't that many people though that you could really look up to and be like, oh, I want to be like them locally. So I think growing up and just kind of putting in that extra work and proving college coaches or other teams wrong um, coming from Massachusetts where they really don't know anything about you was really special. Yeah. What do you think is the step that I guess the state and the culture as a whole can kind of take to show people that there, that there is a lot of talent here. I've had people talk about social media promotion in that way. Maybe there's a different way to go about it. Do you think there's something important that could be done to Mm -hmm. I don't know if I if raise awareness is the right term but but kind of highlight more yeah I think that's a good question I think at the end of the day this is what I've come to the conclusion that people the media people in general I think have an idea of certain groups or certain places and they often stick with those ideas regardless if they're proven wrong um so like even a top recruit if they believe that this is a top recruit no matter what happens I feel like they're going to stick with that so I kind of have like come to that conclusion in Massachusetts, people just don't respect it. Um, I think as more people continue to go to these division one schools and or whatever division, honestly, college basketball or whatever sport you're playing and continue to su- succeed. So you see like Shea Bolin on the upcoming, yeah. uh, even like Caroline Ducharme, like you see these girls doing so well. And I think as their platform increases, as they go to college, I think that's a main way that we're going to be like, Oh, where are they from? They're from Massachusetts and continue to, grow in that respect I think will um get more and more people to recognize it yeah I think that makes a lot of sense yeah um I guess that's pretty much everything I had for you this was really cool to learn about um hearing the the strategy and the breakdown of what you do on defense how how you do it really I think is something that's not talked about a lot just what goes into being a good defender I think that hearing about your background and just growing up here with the family that you have, I think was super interesting. Mm-hmm. And this, yeah, this is really cool. So thank you so much for, for joining. Um, thank you really so much. Excited. This was awesome. You asked yeah. some great questions. Basketball is produced, hosted, and edited by myself, Ethan Fuller, and produced for WTB Sports, the beat of Boston University. Cover art is by Hannah Yoshinaga. Beat is by Stuart Johnson. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode. I'm super excited to show you all the guest speakers we have coming up. I will see you next time.